Welcome to the Sister Sunday School class at Anchor Bible Church in Hull, Georgia. This is Sharon Black. I'm the pastor's wife, and I'm leading our Sunday School class in a short study on Christianity versus world religions. I'm not the usual teacher of the class, but um, we've got a number of ladies who have had other responsibilities and have asked so that they wouldn't miss any of our our lessons in the class that they that I would record these for them. So thank you if you're listening. If you're a member of the class, we miss you and um, we're praying for you. And if you are not a member of our Sunday school class and you're just, you found us online or whatever, I'm really glad that you've joined us and hope that you will benefit from our, our brief series on, on this subject. So um, I hope you'll get that uh, memory verse ready uh, to write down. I've been encouraging the ladies to memorize scripture to hide those things in our hearts to help us to be ready to um, share our faith when we are given the opportunity. And so if you want to tape this on your steering wheel, put it on the bathroom mirror, whatever. But the verse I realized I didn't give you the verse last week was Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. We've looked at Christianity for the past four weeks because we wanted to truly understand what we believe from scripture, why we believe it, so that we're ready to compare that to the other world religions, to the other worldviews. And in the process, I encouraged everyone to realize that um, Christianity is a perfectly defensible, perfectly rational faith, that it can be complicated because there are a lot of doctrines and there's a lot of scripture that are that's hard to understand. But to be saved... Truly, the only thing that you have to believe is that Jesus Christ is God and that he paid the debt for your sins. And I hope if you're not there yet, I hope if you're just kind of checking this out and thinking through it all, I I hope and pray that you will come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. It is so simple that even a child can understand. But as we grow in grace, as we grow in our Christian faith, there are deeper things that we need to learn and need to grow through Scripture and through fellowship with one another. So another thing I've been encouraging the ladies to do in addition to memorizing Scripture and and checking things out for themselves is to journal this journey. As we go through, there are going to be some hard things that we're going to think about and talk about. And I want you to just journal through, write your thoughts at the end of each podcast. What are you thinking? What are you struggling with? Um, And there were some, some questions or some things I was going to give at the end of the last podcast. And um, we just ran short on time. And so I'm going to start our lesson this week with these thoughts so that you can be journaling as we go. So do you struggle with the account of God's creation versus the, this is my fingers making quotation marks, versus the science, particularly of evolution? Um, Do you feel shy about sharing your faith? What aspect of sharing your faith is difficult or challenging? What are ways that we can share our faith with friends and family in our lives who are unbelievers? Is it only living out a good testimony in front of them or what else can we or should we do? These are things just to get you started. You may have your own journal going that has nothing to do with the the suggestions that I have or the questions that I put out there for you. But as we move into a new worldview today, we're going to be looking at Islam And I just want to encourage you to be keeping that journal 
and to be thinking about some of the, the things that we're talking about and kind of journaling through this journey. So um, I put up a comparison chart. This is, again, maybe a review comment, but I want to keep bringing it up to you and keep it fresh in your mind. Um, you can't see this. I showed the ladies a comparison chart, how other religious groups treat the essentials in, of Christian doctrine. And there was a list of, I think, 14 different doctrines. But the one I wanted them to see was Christ's deity, that Jesus Christ is God. And I showed them on this chart, Latter-day Saints, Jehovah's Witnesses, Scientology, Christian Science. Um, those are all people who would call themselves Christians. But in the um, in the doctrine of Christ's deity, across the board, all of those groups I just mentioned deny the deity of Christ. And so when you're sharing your faith, you camp out there. If you're not sure what else to say, you keep the focus on the topic of Jesus and you'll be able to stand your ground. And so as we move into Islam today, we look at what Muslims believe. Um, you can add them to that chart because they also deny the deity of Christ. They think he was a prophet and that's about it. So, um, in order to talk about Islam, we have to acknowledge, at least as, as Christians, and maybe even if you're listening to this podcast and you're not a Christian, maybe just as a, an American citizen, um, we need to acknowledge that there are some feelings. After 9-11, um, we can all, if you're old enough to have been alive for 9-11, you know where you were and you know how you felt and what you think of now when we mention 9-11. Um, there's a quote from Dr. David Noble's book, Understanding the Times, which is one of the sources for this study. It's out of Summit Ministries in Colorado. And on page 32 in the chapter on Islam, it says, In the course of one day, Americans became tragically aware that they had been asleep while a very powerful worldview emerged from a centuries-long slumber in a bid for global power. That's on page 32. I mentioned last week in our session, our final session on Christianity, that um, statistics say there are about 2 billion people out of our 8 billion people population. Um, I heard we just hit 8 billion a couple of weeks ago. I'm not sure where I heard that. It was somewhere on the internet. Who knows if it's true? But um, 2 billion people on planet Earth claim to be Christians. Now, people use the word Christian lots of different ways, and it's between them and God whether or not they have a, a personal saving faith in Jesus Christ. But 2 billion people claim to be Christians. Along with that statistic, 1.6 billion are Muslim, second only to Christianity. And so... Um, as we look at this worldview today, uh, we have to acknowledge that we might have some feelings left over from 9-11. From in fact, in Sunday school, when I brought this up, I have a picture that I used of, you know, the, the Twin Towers exploding and all of that. And different ladies shared their stories of their response that day and where they were and how they felt. And, and we had a conversation because... To me, it seems important to acknowledge we have those feelings. And yet, as believers in Jesus Christ, we understand that they need Him too. And we have to be prepared to share our faith. And it feels scary to do that. 
But we need to understand what they believe so that we can share our faith with them. And so we kind of started with that to sort of acknowledge that there were some feelings and that we needed to deal with them. So, um, and again, that, those were radical Muslims. We're going to talk about the, the types of Muslims um, because there is a faction that is more radical than the others. And so we'll, we'll get to that later on, actually in the second session on Islam. So what is Islam? Islam means submission. That's what the word Islam means. It means submission. A Muslim is one who submits to Allah and to the principles of Islam as embodied in the worldwide community of Muslims. The worldwide community of Muslims is called the Ummah. Now, I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly, but it's spelled U-M-M-A-H. That would be the equivalent of Christians referring to the Universal Church with a capital C. Um, so the worldwide community of Muslims is called the Ummah, U-M-M-A-H. So Islam is the only other worldview that is theistic. In other words, they believe in one, in a God, in, in God. Not the same God of the Bible, but a God. So Islam is a theistic worldview centered on the life of the Prophet Muhammad that derives its understanding of the world through the teachings of the Quran, Hadith, and Sunnah. Uh, now, I want to say this on the front end. It, it matters to me, I guess, because I'm a teacher and because um, <clears throat> it's important to me if I'm going to talk about what somebody believes, I feel like I need to have their holy book and see for myself and not depend on what other sources tell me about what they believe. So I'm letting you know that I have a copy of the Quran right here in front of me. In fact, I had a precious Muslim student. Um, I teach public high school and I had a precious student who gave me a copy as a gift. And so um, in the second session, I may be reading some passages so that you're hearing what they believe from their own holy book and not just me spouting off what they believe. And I wanted you to know that. So the Quran and then the Hadith, and I'll tell you what that is, and the Sunnah. And I hope I'm pronouncing those correctly because I don't have a really good frame of reference for how those words should be pronounced. So basic beliefs of Islam. Let's talk about those. Now the ladies in the class uh, were given some fill-in-the-blank notes so that they could kind of follow along. But if you want to send an email to my husband, to Pastor Barry, it's barry at anchorbible.org and, and say, hey, I've been listening to the Sisters podcast, the Sisters Sunday School podcast, and I'd like the fact sheet. I have a fact sheet on Islam that has a lot of this listed on here, um, and I'll be happy to email it to you. It's just a PDF, and I'll be happy to send it. So basic tenets or beliefs of Islam. These are the five pillars. Now they have um, these words that I'm, I hope I pronounce correctly. I'm not sure, but I'll try. So the first one is confession of faith. And that's called the Shahada. And that is, there is no God but Allah and Muhammad is his prophet. You may have even heard this in a movie or a documentary or something of that nature. The next one is prayer. It's called Salat is the word. And it's five times per day facing Mecca. And men, only men, go to the mosques on Fridays. 
The third pillar of um, Islam is almsgiving, zakat. So you have confession of faith, shahada, there is no God but Allah. Then you have prayer, which is called salat, five times a day facing Mecca. You have almsgiving, that is called zakat. And the belief is that 2.5% of uh, Muslims' annual income is to be given to the poor. Then um, the fourth pillar is fasting during Ramadan. That is called Psalm, S-A-W-M. And that is no food, no smoking, or, um, and no sexual activity during daylight hours during Ramadan. And then the fifth pillar is the, a pilgrimage to Mecca. It's spelled H-A-J-J, Hajj, at least one time in one's lifetime. Mecca is in North Africa. You'll have to check out your um, a, a map to see where that is exactly. Now, there is a sixth pillar that I will mention, which um, according to the source, my main sources, Understanding the Times by um, Jeff Myers and David Noble, but is jihad. And that is compelling non-Muslims to submit. This particular pillar is the sixth one and it is held only by extremists. So confession of faith, prayer, almsgiving, fasting, and a pilgrimage to Mecca at least one time in one's lifetime. So I want you to notice something about this. All of those things are works. They're all works. Do this, do this, do this, do this. Notice that there is no mention made of faith or belief or of what Allah has done. It is only a list of things that the person is supposed to do. And notice there is no relationship mentioned. There's not a relationship with Allah. Just um, do these things. Check these boxes. So there are six articles of faith. So I told you there were pillars of faith. I mentioned those, the, the giving and the praying and, and the confession of faith and those things. These are the actual beliefs. These are the six articles of faith. So the first one is belief in the unity of Allah. There is no trinity in Islam. And it's one of the reasons that um, they see Christians as blasphemers because we have tr that we believe God is in trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, the second one is belief in Allah's angels. The third one is belief in Allah's prophets. And they are Moses Jesus, Ishmael, Jacob, and Muhammad, and they consider Muhammad to be the successor of all the old prophets. Now, I'm going to give you, uh, in the next session, I'm going to give you a history of Islam, of where it came from, and how it came about, and who Muhammad is, but I'm not going to get to that today. Um, <clears throat> the next one is belief in Allah's books. And the next one is belief in the final judgment. And the last one is belief in divine destiny. Now, in Islam, there is no such thing as free will. We'll talk a little bit more in depth about that in the second session, but there's really no free will. So um, the unity of Allah, Allah's angels, Allah's prophets, Allah's books in the final judgment and divine destiny. Okay. So, 
I'm going to end this one a little bit sooner than the last time. I think I went a little overtime last time, but um, we'll see how far we get. I try to keep these to about 30 minutes to be respectful of your time. If you're trying to catch up from Sunday school, trying to listen, maybe while you're running to get groceries or something. But um, for this last little part, I have scripture verses to answer Islam, to answer some of these things that we just said, um, some of the beliefs. So the first one is that God created everything. Now, these are this is what they believe. And so that is maybe the one spot where we can agree because of Genesis 1.1 and Colossians 1.16. And I hope if you have a pen and paper, you can jot some of these scriptures down. So Muslims believe God created everything. Well, that's actually a point on which we can agree, except that we don't believe in Allah. We believe in the God of the Bible, and they're not the same thing. Um, but Genesis 1.1, Colossians 1.16. The second belief in Islam is that God is utterly, that Allah is utterly transcendent and does not share his attributes or nature with anyone or anything else. But we can answer that with Genesis 1.26 and 27 and with John 14.9. I may come back in just a minute and read some of these so we can really think about them. The next one is that God exists in one person only. But in Scripture, John 1, 1, which we just read a moment ago or read in our last podcast, um, and then Matthew three seventeen, respond to that in that God is Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that's what Scripture teaches. The next one this one is especially interesting to me, um, I guess, because I until I started digging into this material to teach this course, um, I don't think I knew this about Islam. But in Islam, they believe that man did not fall. He just made a mistake and therefore he doesn't need a savior. And yet in Genesis chapter 3 and Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Um, they don't believe man has fallen, and so they don't see a need for a Savior, and Allah doesn't offer to save them, really. So that's a, a very big point of, of difference in our two belief systems. The next one, they believe that God's communication with Muhammad is the only authoritative and uncorrupted scripture that is preserved without error. How interesting. We're going to look at who Muhammad was um, next time, but God's word says in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, that all scripture, meaning the scripture of the, of the Bible, all scripture is given by God's inspiration and is profitable for doctrine, for proof, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Revelation twenty two eighteen. if you look at the very, very end of the Bible in Revelation, there is a curse. Not many people talk about this, but there is a curse in Scripture for anyone who tries to add or take away anything from God's Word, from the Scripture, from the Holy Bible. So we should be very um, aware of that curse, especially when we are 
um, looking at other world religions and how they might take a little piece or a part, or even people who claim to be Christians but don't want to acknowledge all of God's Word they want to pick and choose. Revelation twenty two eighteen. Look it up. The next belief that they have is that Jesus was born of a virgin and did some miracles, but that he was not God in human form. He did not die for the sins of man, nor did he rise from the dead. This is what Muslims believe. And of course, you can find lots of scriptures, I'm sure. If you are a believer, here are just a few if you want to jot them down. Matthew 28, verse 6. Colossians 2, verse 9. Isaiah 53, 5 through 8. I'll say those again. Matthew 28, 6. Colossians 2, 9. And Isaiah 53, 5 through 8. Those are scriptures that answer this belief um, that's held by Muslims. And then the last one is that a man's eternal destiny is based on the ratio of good deeds to bad deeds unless one dies in jihad. Now, that's not an extremist belief. That's an everybody belief. That's in the Quran. Um, of course, John three sixteen, it says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And then Romans six twenty three. So you can jot that one down, Romans six twenty three. So, even in Islam, even though they believe that there is a God, Allah, and that he created everything, they don't believe that man has fallen. They don't believe that he needs a savior. They don't believe that Jesus paid for sins, that he was God, that he rose from the dead. And finally, their belief system is based on works. And it's all about Checking those boxes. Do you confess? Do you pray five times a day? Do you give 2.5% of your income to the poor? These, these things you have to do just to get to God. Allah has not provided any way for them to be saved, and they don't see a need to be saved in the first place. So there are some very important scriptures that we need um, to be ready if we have that amazing opportunity to speak to someone who is Muslim about um, about Jesus Christ and what he can do for them. I did want to share about this book. I brought it to class and I haven't read it yet. Uh, it's in my stack. And if you're a reader, you, you know what I mean. Everybody's got a stack of when I have some time off, when I go on vacation, things like that. But I've really been wanting to read. Um, and you may have already, but this book that I, um, hope to get a chance to read soon, is called Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus, A Devout Muslim Encounters Christianity. And it is by Nabil, N-A-B-E-E-L, is his first name, Qureshi, Q-U-R-E-S-H-I. I'm not sure if I said his last name correctly. He used to be with Ravi Zacharias's ministry, if you're familiar with Ravi Zacharias. Um, and he passed away from cancer. But before that happened, he had been a speaker for Ravi Zacharias's ministry. And he talked about how he became converted to Christianity from Islam. And I want to read just the first paragraph to you because it 
inspires me to want to curl up with this book and deeply understand um, what Muslims believe. I'm going to turn just to the first paragraph so that you get a sense of uh, how it begins. And this is the author, Nabil Qureshi. This is page 21 from his book. It says, I lay prostrate in a large Muslim prayer hall, broken before God, the edifice of my worldview, all I had ever known, had slowly been dismantled over the past few years. On this day, my world came crashing down. I lay in ruin, seeking Allah. Okay, just wanted to read that to you. So he shares his faith journey of how he eventually becomes a Christian, and it's a very powerful testimony. So if you have not had a chance to read that, I hope that you will. Um, I've never tried this on a podcast before, but I have a two-minute video from Summit Ministries. That's where the Understanding the Times book, Dr. Noble's book, and the curriculum I'm using, where it comes from. And it's just a two-minute video to explain why Islam is spreading so quickly. And I want to play it for you. I think my microphone will pick it up. So um, this is going to be an experiment. We'll see how it works. And here we go. There are factors that contribute to that. One of them is the fact that uh, many people are coming to faith uh, in Islam. And one of the reasons why many of them cite is that Islam is a very attractive religion in the sense that it is a simple religion. Now, I don't mean that to sound pejorative in any way, but what many people tell me is that they find Islam much more simpler than Christianity. So, for example, they say, look, uh, in Christianity, you guys have to believe in a trinity. You know, there's one God who exists as three persons, but they're not three gods. They're, they're one God, but different persons, and, and that's kind of complicated. In Islam, we have it simple. There is just one God who exists as one person. Uh, uh, they'd say, in Christianity, you guys have to have a relationship with God. You know, and there's all the complexities of what it means to be in a relationship with somebody. And that can be complicated. But in Islam, it's simple. You just simply obey God. Okay? And so it's much more simpler than Christianity, and so that is a draw for many people. So I think that's a factor for many people who are converted to Islam. Another thing that I've noticed also is that in many Islamic countries, uh, many couples who are Muslim are simply birthing more kids who are ultimately becoming Muslims. And so the birth rate on average in many Muslim countries are sometimes like three, four, five, six kids per couple. Whereas in a lot of Western countries that perhaps have more Christians in them, some of the birth rates are, you know, one, two, or three kids per couple at the most. I mean, you have some exceptions as well. But as a result of that, Muslims are just simply birthing more kids, and as a result, their numbers are increasing. So I think both of these things are contributing factors to the growing rise of Islam around the world. Okay. Hopefully that will, I'm going to, I'll test that before I post it. But hopefully you were able to hear that. Um, that's a pretty basic way to express why there are so many Muslims compared to Christians in the world today. Um, but we need to be careful not to make our faith so complicated because if you believe Jesus is God and that he rose from the dead, that he paid for your sins, you can be saved. That's Romans 10, 9. 
And so our faith is not as complicated sometimes as we make it. And so um, I hope that as we continue on this study, that you will memorize the scriptures that I give you, that you will journal this journey and journal the things you're thinking and the things you're struggling with. Um, And next week, we're going to dig a little bit deeper into what Muslims believe. But I hope this kind of gave you a quick overview and helps you to understand. So until next week, uh, this is Sharon Black from the Sister Sunday School class in Hold, Georgia. And I pray that God will make you um, a blessing to others as you learn to share your faith. And I'll see you next time.